it's your girl Marley, and you have tuned in to another episode of Yup, She Said It. Now, if you don't know, it's very important for you to know that this podcast combines ratchet euphemisms to describe relevant and relatable current topics to help you on your journey to self-discovery and self-awareness to increase your self-worth. Let's get into it. This episode is brought to you by Triple AT. Anytime, anywhere, artists talk. This is a company that provides a platform for artists to express their talents, conduct interviews, photography, web design, and also artist promotion. Feel free to contact Triple AT at triplatdirect at gmail.com. That is spelled A A A T direct at gmail.com let's get into the motivation hey guys i am so excited for today's motivation you know i like to come to you guys with something that i feel is inspiring and motivating to everyone because i know for me day to day sometimes it's hard to get up it's hard to make some moves it's hard to find the words to encourage yourself let alone want to encourage others but the message that comes to mind today for me is subscribe to success think about it there are many things that we subscribe to in life there are digital downloads, you know, we get consistent music, maybe magazines, maybe audible books. There's certain things that we have promotions, whatever it is. Hey, this podcast, right? Whatever it is, you subscribe to something because you have a connection because there's something in you or in your life that it provides that maybe you need more of, you need assistance with. There's just something there. So with that, I want you to take that same concept, but think about it as in subscribing to success. So when I say subscribing to success, I mean subscribing to yourself, subscribing to happiness, subscribing to self-forgiveness, subscribing to healing, subscribing to a shift in your life, almost as significant as a paradigm shift letting go of everything that has been done that maybe didn't work that you finally have just come to a close and you are coming into a new you a new life a new way of thinking a new way of being a new way of feeling subscribe to a deserved process that you feel and that you know you are worthy of i want you just to start peeling back the layers because in order to to have success You have to have experienced some pain. You have to have experienced some triumph, some things that just felt so uncomfortable, some chances that you have to take in life. Subscribe to success is not something that you can just wake up and do, but it's something that you can wake up and commit to. Because not always, for some of us, but not always does success come overnight. But if you make yourself committed to a process, a committed feeling, a committed feeling of trying every single day, then to me, you are subscribed to success. You think of a magazine cover, it has a name, it has themes, it has topics. Imagine that cover is your life. 
What is the title of your life? What are the themes and the things that you are working on to incorporate and to create a better you? What are some little takeaways that you know that you have taken from every single day that you can apply to your immediate life, to your situation? You know, you have to get to a point that in order to have success, that you can no longer entertain foolishness. Hello, somebody. You have to be willing to grow and to let go, no matter how painful, no matter how terrifying it may feel. But if you know that you are in a place of complacency and that things have not changed and nothing is moving and you are praying, but nothing's happening. But what is your action? What are you currently subscribing to? Because you probably need to eliminate it in order to make room for all that is you are worthy of. I'm a firm believer that when you have foolishness and mess and messy people in your circle, your blessings are blocked and limited because you have not shown that you trust the process because you have not subscribed to success. You know, if you believe in God, if you believe in a higher power, you can pray all day. But if you don't make the moves, if you don't have the faith, if you don't change your situation in order to better your circumstances, then I don't know what you really expect to happen. So I want you to take the concept of subscribing to success and figuring out what success means to you in all areas. Does it mean satisfaction in all areas of your life? Are you unpleased with some things that you're doing and the people that you're surrounding yourself with? Does it mean to stop underestimating your ability to think, to to feel, to trust yourself as you do everything? Are you a type of person that says, I don't think I can do that. I don't think it'll work out. Stop underestimating yourself. Do you believe in success? What is success? How do you define it? Do you care enough for yourself to make some moves? Are you tired of being sick and tired? Do you respect yourself enough to subscribe to success? Are you allowing other people or external factors on the outside to define who you are? Do you believe that you are intelligent enough? Maybe you're somebody that did not graduate high school or maybe you didn't go to college. But guess what? If you want to do that, there are plenty of options and programs and grants and scholarships that you can take and that you can complete in order to better that area of your life. You can make this happen. I promise you, if you push through and just think of the concept of subscribing to success. Now let's get into the first segment. Yes, now that, listen, that motivation inspired me, okay? I think it's important for you guys to know that when I give you this stuff, yeah, I might have a little outline, but this stuff is not scripted. Like, I am legit talking to you from my heart, from my mind, from my soul. You know what I'm saying? But I hope you felt inspired, but we are getting into the first segment, which is called, Who You Talking To? Now, if you don't know, Who You Talking To is a segment that allows me to reflect or maybe some of my listeners that have emailed me on a moment in their life where you just kind of had to give somebody the side eye, okay? To say, who are you talking to? Like, who do you think you are in this situation? Because clearly you forgot who I am, okay? So something that has really stuck out with all that's going on in the media today and that's been going on forever and just honestly the daily lives of a black person 
I get so frustrated and it takes a lot for me to get there, but I get so frustrated when I am explaining a situation. Well, let me back up. When someone asks me, what's wrong? How was everything? And I tell the truth and I'm honest about a situation that has happened and someone tries to minimize or generalize my feelings in that moment to say that, no, maybe it wasn't related to race or maybe it wasn't related to gender. Listen, I have over 30 years experience, people, of knowing when something is generalizable and when something is racial. The worst thing you can do is to negate someone's feelings or their experience. Now that may be my mind as a social worker because we are taught that everyone's truth is their truth. If you say that you see seven ghosts in this room and I don't see them here, my feeling, it is not my place to tell you, believe it or not, it is not my place to tell you that. Girl, ain't no ghost in here, you tripping. That is not my place because I'm taking away your truth and your dignity and your respect in that moment. It may sound simple and it may sound so minor, but it is something that can change someone's life. It can limit how people communicate to people in the future, how they trust people. It's a big deal. And so that's something that really, really frustrates me because it happened to me this week and I had to really sit down and self-reflect and say, well, don't you recognize who you're talking to and what you're sharing? And you already know their perception on things and what their response. So why did you give them the space to say something that will get under your skin? I teach this every day, like, come on. But it lets me know that I'm human. And so the situation that occurred this week is I, you know, many of you know, I'm a meditation instructor. I'm a PhD student. I educate and teach individual clients and groups on mindset reset, so cognitive awareness, restructuring, empowerment. And I also work with adults with addiction. Now, this week, I felt I was in a situation where I felt that this young lady was being spoken to in a way that was just unheard of. It was just ridiculous. So I, I stood up for her. I addressed it. I stepped in the middle. I asked and removed certain people from the situation so that I can stand in and help it in a way that it could be fixed and that everyone could be understood and that progress could be made because you don't make any progress when no one's being heard. No one feels like they're being respected. So the way that I handled it, but I felt that others were speaking to me until they were properly placed in that situation and how other people were speaking to this other person who was also of melanin descent. I had seen prior situations where I, where I know it would not have been handled that way if you're following me. And it really pissed me off. It made me so upset because I'm like, you wouldn't be talking to someone if you felt that their financial status was of the elite or that's something that you can gain or that maybe you can get more customers from or clients from, you wouldn't be speaking to them this way. But because you felt like this was just a coincidence or a situation, you 
You just did not value that human life in that moment. And it was because of race. So my day concludes. I go to share this with someone and they're asking, you know, hey, how's it going? And I share this and the response was appropriate for that person because there was no ill intent. However, the, the skill of good listening was not utilized. And I had to explain to that person, I had to cool down a little bit, but the next day I explained to that person what I was saying and what I was sharing and how their response made me feel. When you tell me that, oh, but that happens to me all the time. Or, well, you know, everyone has a bad day. Well, how do you know that it was race? Maybe you're too defensive. You overthink things. All this could be true in many situations, okay? But in this situation with me being a black woman, I can guarantee you that I have a sixth sense. I feel like I have a third eye when it comes to race, when it comes to sexism, when it comes to ageism, when it comes to discrimination. I feel like I just know that. And I feel like it's not just me. I feel that it is black women in general. I do. And not all black women. Some, I know some black women that do not feel that they are affected by race. That if they go along and get along, that everything will be okay. Not realizing that who you are is always going to be seen and it's always going to be judged before you even speak or open your ability to show others that you can help them. That you deserve a seat at the table. That, 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 my friends, is another conversation. But I guess, guys, in order to wrap up this segment with who you talking to, be aware of your response and your interaction with someone when they are sharing something that's so powerful to them. But also to the people and to the individuals that are sharing to others. Be mindful and aware who you are sharing it to because you could be setting yourself up for emotional turmoil and it had nothing to do with another person because I'm a firm believer that if we have people in our lives, we already know how they, re how they will react. So start assessing your situation and who you are and what you can control because I'm telling you that once you get your emotions and your response and your circle in a, in a stable place, life will change. All right, let's get into segment two. Now this is the segment where I get into what's hot right now. Like what is the buzz? What is getting people all riled up? And how do I feel about it? So with that said, I want to talk about the meeting that took place last week with the black pastors and that guy. OMG. So I found out about it pretty much the day after that it happened. And now I'm like scrambling to find everything or I was scrambling to find everything to get bits and pieces together. So for those of you that don't know, there were, mm, I'm gonna say maybe 20, 20 something pastors. Uh, I had a hard time finding the transcript because I was actually looking for it, even though I'm sure it's accessible, but I had to get this to y'all quick. Some pastors that were invited to the White House to meet with that guy. The issue and the problem is, is that there have been clear statements that have been made about minorities, about blacks, about Hispanics, about Native Americans, about women, about 
everyone, right? So these black pastors from all over the U.S. go to a meeting with that man and completely miss the opportunity. But let me say this, this is my opinion, okay? I'm not a politician, I'm not a CNN correspondent, but maybe one day I'll be because she's working on some things historically to get my knowledge up, you know what I'm saying? But they went to this table and what I see as a clear missed opportunity. You can find videos, you can look on Instagram, you can look on YouTube, you can look on Twitter. And to hear the responses for some of these pastors will literally make you spit out your water. If you gotta go to the bathroom, go before you watch it because you might have a situation. It is that shocking. But again, it's like, there's always a few. There's always like, why did you go to this meeting for a check? I know y'all didn't get paid for it. A lot of people said it was just for a photo op, but why? What was the point? Just stay at the house. You you already voted for the man. You've done what you need to do, so stay at the house. But they went to this meeting and had the audacity to sing things like, he's the most pro-black president that we've had. They're so thankful for this opportunity to contribute and make change and that, they, that he allowed this moment. Again, I'm paraphrasing in some situations. And it, it I, I'm speechless because it blows my mind. So in order for me to kind of get into this, I have to get into my, my life. I am a Christian, I believe in God, and I do enjoy going to church. But there have been moments in my life where I have went through droughts of not going to church because I just couldn't find a, an environment that felt healthy, that felt safe, that felt that I could connect with God in an environment without any, any distractions. But what I had to learn was that I was putting too much confidence in the people in the church and the man in the church and not in God. However, we, I do believe that people have anointing over their lives. So there are certain things that we expect them to do that we have not been called to do. So am I completely upset that he met with Donald Trump? No, I'm not completely upset because Dr. King, Dr. King met with a lot of presidents and I watched a video of, of Pastor, um, Pastor Dr. Bernice King and she said the same thing. She said, you know, her father met with a lot of presidents, but he went there with an agenda, she said. He went there knowing what they were gonna talk about. He went there knowing that he was going to leave with, going to leave and they were going to hear him. That is what was missing for this meeting. What was the point is what I'm trying to figure out. What was the takeaway? What did you feel that you were contributing to this situation? Absolutely nothing, absolutely. I listened to a pastor, um, Jamal Bryant, Pastor Jamal Bryant, I believe he's based out of uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, one of them, it dropped, I can't really recall. But he, he went off, but all good stuff. He said, why did you not ask, you know, certain questions? Why did you not ask about them taking children from their parents and putting them in cages? Why did you not ask about the voting um, procedures that are obviously made to limit African-Americans uh, from voting? Why did you talk about this? Why did we not talk about prison reform? Why was the agenda not brought, brought to discuss this? Where was it? It is clearly a missed opportunity. There are people in our past that literally sacrificed their lives that were went to a protest, went to a meeting, went to something knowing and expecting to get arrested because the change was needed. 
these pastors went to this meeting with no damn agenda. I don't know what the purpose was. You have a seat at the table. Okay, Shirley, Shirley Chisholm said, bring a folding chair. You didn't have to bring a folding chair. You was able to walk in with your two feet, with your anointing over your life and make some changes. So then it makes me again, this is it's me talking. What is really your intention? What are your motives? Are you, re- is this really the calling over your life? Or did God give you something and then you completely change it and you have left the connection that is truly spiritual and that we cannot describe? It's so upsetting because people follow this or they leave. They follow the foolishness or they leave and they never come back because what have, what has been tainted and, and destroyed in their mind spiritually because they put so much power into this man or woman. It was, it was unbelievable. Like I still don't understand it. And so yesterday when I watched Dr. King Dr. Bernie's King, actually, I think it's Pastor King. I'm not sure if it's Dr. Bernie's King, Pastor King. So I apologize for that. But I watched her. She was about a 30 minute video on her on her Twitter page. And she explained a lot of what I was thinking. I just didn't did not know how to articulate it. And she also said that she was not upset that they met with that man. But she was upset that that they did not bring change to the table because we are in a troubling time. Now, my question is, what happens if you are a pastor at a church that was at that table? Oh, and mind you, um, Pastor Jabal Bryant said that he had reached, there's, there's a scripture in the Bible, and I don't know my scriptures like that, so you just have to bear with me. But there's a scripture in the Bible that says if you have a problem with another person, that you need to go to that person first before making it public. I think I'm right about that. So Pastor Jamal Bryant said that he did that. He reached out to several pastors and we'll say one in particular is Pastor John Gray. Now, Pastor John Gray came under the teachings in the church from what I understand of Joel Olstein, And he now has his own church called Relentless Church um, in either South Carolina or North Carolina or Virginia. I don't know why I can't figure those out. So he said he reached out to Pastor John Gray and received no response. Reached out to several pastors. Some pastors, their church and their programs had no clue that some of these pastors were going. Now that's when you know you up to something. When your people don't know you going to some going somewhere, because most people be excited to go to the White House. Most people be ready, oh my God, this is what's happening, right? So they didn't even tell them. But anyways, I'm getting all, I'm all over the place. But you see how it's just off and it's weird. And when it, when things are done in 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 uh in darkness, you know that there is nothing up, nothing good coming of it, right? So my question to you again, backtracking, if you are a member of a church and your pastor was there, do you go back to that church? Do you keep tithing to that church? Like, what are your thoughts? What do you do in that situation? Because I'm sure your pastor is going to come back and say, oh, the world judged you and or judges me and they don't understand. And God told me to go and all this stuff. But what do you do? I'll tell you what I would do. I would pray about it and say, God, if this is the man that or the woman that you have sent to be the vessel to give me the word, I need you just to tell me because right now I ain't going back right now. I ain't wasting my gas to go back. 
And there's a lot of stuff on Twitter that we're talking about some of the pastors and a lot of the money they've been asking for recently. Um, you know, there is even accusations in the past. Again, this is allegedly that um, there's a pastor in Atlanta, Creflo Dollar, that he had asked his parishioners to give him money for a plane. I mean, again, allegedly, I don't know if it's true, but all I know is that if I ever go to a church and the pastor's asking me money for a plane, the pastor's telling me that it's $18,000 to fix this and fix that, child. And I know you got a TV show, okay? I know that you kind of cool with Oprah. You better not be asking me for nothing. Nothing. But I want to hear you guys' response about the pastors, your response to it, and what you would do. Because this, this one right here is a conversation for days. But all right, let's get into our last segment, Moments with Marley. Okay, guys, this is our last segment, and it's called Moments with Marley. Now, with this segment, I like to think of someone from the past or present that I would love to meet with. And it was really hard for me this week, to be honest with you, to think of someone. And, you know, I was like, let me just rest on it and keep writing and try to figure out what what I want to talk about. And the person that came to mind this week is Tiffany Haddish. I've heard some people say Hadish, but I don't think I've ever heard her say Hadish. So I'm going to go with Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany has been very transparent with her past. You know, her mother, um, I believe, was in a car accident. And after that, she was never really the same person. And because um, of that, she and siblings were placed in foster care. She talks about being homeless. She talks about how she was hustling, you know, was like a bar mitzvah hype girl talks about all of the pain and then I most recently saw something I don't know if it's true I haven't done enough research that she was sexually assaulted by a cadet um years ago you know she's written a book on her life she's been married divorced um again allegedly he's coming after her for certain it's just been a lot of stuff but I guess the inner clinical therapist in me always likes to pick apart someone's brain and to Find something that not only can help me, but help others. And one thing I love about Tiffany is how organic and how raw she is 24 seven. But I can see that as she continues to grow in the public eye, I can see how she is not responding to certain questions, but still re remaining humble to herself and keeping her dignity. But just understanding that mm, maybe I just need to, you know, cover this a little bit. There was an interview, she was on the red carpet, and someone asked her something. And she said, you know what? I'm not gonna answer that because it's gonna piss a lot of people off. And she walked away. Um, so she still kept her sense of humor, but she knew that maybe that just wasn't something that I needed to engage in. But see, I like to look at someone's past and what brings them to the present. And if they've recognized Maybe you know all the painful situations. Maybe you know that big breakthrough. But what was the moments in your life where you became trusting of who you are and the gift that God has given you? And I wanted, I would want to dig through her mind deeper than the social worker that told her she was funny and recommended that she do comedy. Comedy. Because it's funny because I tell people things like, hey, I think you'd be great at this because because I'm a social worker. But I would want to know for herself if she was able to think of that first 
aha moment, as Oprah refers to it. That first aha moment that she heard or that she felt that, hey, I'm good at this. Or, hey, I want this. And then later down the line when it was confirmation. I want to know some of the darkest moments that she's had when she want when she's wanted to give up. Because I think so often we see the success, we see the happiness, we see the she ready. We see it and we feel it, right? But how did you get out of those moments? Because a lot of times for comedians, their lives have been so dark and the humor brings the light. So my question is how do you pull yourself out of the darkness? How did you find the strength to do that? Where did you find the energy to persevere and to push through? Because I feel like it's something that we all go through. Being a female comedian in a male-dominated industry, I can already imagine what she's gone through. But how did you navigate? How did you play? How did you move around that? I've heard her say things like, they, she would make them know that, you know, or make them feel that, hey, I'm not the one. And you think you crazy, but I'm crazier. I think that's a famous quote from Beyonce from one of my favorite movies by her, where she's like, I'll show you crazy. That's my movie. But I would, <laughs> but I want to sit down and talk to her and really say, who was that little girl or what was that moment? To make sure that she never, ever forgets. There's a lot of things, a lot of people that were involved in her life that were very powerful. But I would challenge her to look back at that moment where maybe it was just you in a room. You know, um, she talks about being homeless. That at that moment, you didn't give up. What was it? How would you describe it? What would you put? What could you bottle up and sell <laughs> to describe what it was that kept you going along with God, along with your heart. But what was it? What was that moment? Because I think that is what's so powerful is that a lot of times, again, we see the success. We see how people pull through and we hear their stories. But there are some things in our past that spoke our destiny and spoke our future that we didn't even realize. And this comes to mind because I, I started to realize so many people in my life are monumental with helping me get to where I was today. And I never saw it like that. Even through everything, there are many people, but there is some first foundational key people in my life that made some changes that allowed me to have an aha moment. I want to know what that is for Tiffany because I know there's so many people that are currently fighting and pushing through, including myself, that we have some goals that we are still trying to achieve. How did you do it? How are you doing it? And how will you continue to do it? Would be my questions if I had a moment with Tiffany Haddish. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in. If you want to contact Marley, would like to give any feedback, would like me to talk about certain things, feel free to email me at meditationwithmarley at gmail.com. That's meditationwith, M-A-R-L-E-Y at gmail.com. If you're interested in these services, I am based in the South Florida area. So if you're interested in meditation, mindset reset coaching, um, you have a student organization or you're a student yourself, looking for a guest speaker, I do a lot. Feel free to check out my website at www.iheartfpp.com. That's I-H-E-A-R-T-F is in Frank, P is in Paul, P 
www.peasandpaul.com. You can message me through there or you can email me directly. You can also follow me on my Instagram pages at yep, she said it, Y-U-P, she said it. Also at iHeartFPP. Thank you guys for tuning in for another week. This was episode 10. Super excited. Um, Stay tuned. There's going to be some great stuff to come. Have a blessed week.